0: On today's episode of the Training Peaks Coachcast, your source for the latest information about the art, science, and business of coaching. Measuring overall stress for athletes can be difficult because there are so many factors. Is heart rate variability a reliable way to do so? Hey guys, Dave Shell here, and on this week of the Training Peaks Coachcast, I sat down with Simon Wegereff from Athlete. We discussed how is HRV different from just measuring your resting heart rate each day and how can it help you and your athletes improve their performance. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Training Peaks Coachcast. I'm your host, Dave Shell, and this week I have the pleasure of interviewing Simon Wegrif. Simon is the founder of HRV Fit and creator of the iFleet app. Simon, I wanted to talk to you today so that you could tell us a little bit more about heart rate variability. Um, First off, thanks for joining us.
1: You're welcome. Very, very good to be here again, Dave. Thanks.
0: So what exactly is heart rate variability?
1: Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, I first became interested in heart rate variability um, when I read an article about it in a, a sports science research digest back in 2008. And the way the article was describing it made it sound fascinating because this was a new metric. It was derived on heart rate but not um, the heart rate that we usually think of um, with that being an exercise measure. Um, But heart rate variability actually analyzes the precise timing between the individual heartbeats. And What a lot of people don't realize is that your heart speeds up when you inhale and it slows down again when you breathe out. And this variation is actually a healthy thing. And the amount of the variation depends on how fit and how recovered and how fresh your body is.
0: It definitely sounds like it's different than resting heart rate. And so people have been using resting heart rate maybe as a measure of recovery for years. So, what is the benefit of using the heart rate variability versus resting
1: heart rate? Yeah, so that's a good question. So, heart rate variability is actually controlled by one particular branch of the nervous system, and that's called the parasympathetic branch. Now, most people are familiar with and will have heard of the sympathetic branch of the nervous system because that's the one associated with the fight or flight response. That's the one that gets us ready for action, puts glucose into the bloodstream, gets us wired and ready to to do activity. parasympathetic branch is the uh, the converse of that, and that's the one that's associated with rest, digestion, and recovery. And the really good thing about HRV, as we call it, is that it can directly measure the parasympathetic branch of the nervous system, rather than resting heart rate, which is a combination of parasympathetic, sympathetic, and circulating hormones. So in a nutshell, HRV is a quicker, more sensitive way at getting to your current state of rest and recovery.
0: Great, thank you for that explanation. Um, I think I started hearing about HRV doesn't seem like too long ago, but maybe it's been three or four years now that it's, it's started getting more and more popular. I've seen a lot of coaches and a lot of athletes are wanting to use HRV in their training, but I don't, I've seen lots of different articles. Um, some say to measure it one way, some say to measure it another way. Some say that it will show you this. Another says it will show you that. So based on your experience, What are some of the mistakes that – or common misconceptions about HRV that an athlete or a coach might be doing right now um, that maybe isn't making it as effective as it could
1: be? Mm, Sure. I think that's a great question. The first thing um, is that you need to set yourself up with the right equipment. Now HRV is a sensitive measure and it's a sensitive measure at least partly because it measures very precisely the timing between heartbeats. Uh, as with everything else in life it's garbage in garbage out so you need a good sensor to start the start the process with. That means either a heart rate monitor that's in good condition or a validated um, pulse sensor. Um, So it's important to use a good quality sensor so that we can measure these precise um, uh, heart rate intervals. The other thing is um, uh, that the time of day you do the measurement is pretty important so um, right from the beginning, so from when we introduced athlete uh, about nine years ago now, we've been recommending that endurance athletes do their test every morning, um, either in the sitting or standing position. We don't recommend people do it lying down, and we recommend that they do it um, on immediately on waking. And that gives a consistency from which you can then generate the baseline that's necessary to see whether or not your heart rate variability has changed from one day to the next. So the first most important thing is to have a methodology to do this you don't absolutely have to do it seven days a week but four or five days a week is certainly also a a requisite for getting data which is really useful to track accumulating fatigue so you, you just
0: said that um you don't recommend that an athlete does their measurement lying down why is that
1: that is because in the case of endurance athletes uh, they tend to have very low resting heart rates and what, one of the ways in which that is achieved is by the parasympathetic branch of the nervous system actually being fully on. So the brakes to the heart are fully on and in the lying down position that means that from one day to the next you don't actually see much variation in spite of the fact that your, your stress levels and recovery may have changed. If your trunk is in the upright position, so if you're sitting or standing, then it kind of just brings the whole system off the end stops. And there was some interesting research done into this a few years ago. And that's where our recommendation came from doing it either sitting or standing if, uh, if, if your resting heart rate is in the low 50s.
0: Maybe I missed this and maybe you already said it, but I'm guessing that you'd want to be consistent. If I one day I measure it sitting, then I probably want to do that every time. I don't want yeah. to mix standing and sitting. I, is I, that right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Pick the same... pick one position and, and stick to it day after day, definitely.
0: And you also, you said to measure it first thing in the morning. Yeah. I I know that I'm um, not real happy until I've had my coffee. So is it okay for me to wake up, maybe go to the bathroom, have my coffee and then measure it or... In that kind of morning routine, where does the HRV measurement um, fit in?
1: Yeah, the the only thing you are allowed to do before your HRV measurement is go to the bathroom because that's going to introduce a kind of unwanted stressor into the situation, so yeah no no caffeine first um do the do the measurement it's just a one minute measurement uh you know it it really doesn't take long and by doing it before you've had um any drinks caffeine food um any like morning stretching exercises or looked at social media or anything else like that because well, what we're trying to get to is the underlying level of the body's recovery and first thing in the morning before you've had any other stressors is the best way to create that baseline and make the application you know the software really sensitive
0: and so i was just to add to that i i was probably doing it wrong in that i would wake up and walk down the stairs and then go to the restroom and then measure it. So I'd probably even want to do that before I even go downstairs, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the absolute best thing to do is to just roll, you know, to the to upright in bed, um, sit on the side of the bed and and measure it just straight off before you do anything else first thing in the day.
0: Okay. And are there any other um, common missteps or misconceptions that you see with uh, coaches and athletes using HRV?
1: Yeah, so I think um, one of the, uh, the, the kind of big... HrV is a holistic indicator of stress. Now, some people think that it should behave as a perfect inverse of your acute training load, but that's not the case. So if it it did only reflect the training that you've done in the past two or three days, we wouldn't actually need something like HRV because we could see that immediately from the the ATL and the the TSB. Um, HRV is useful partly because it's such an inclusive indicator of stress, fatigue and recovery. So what HRV can help you do is to identify bad habits, lifestyle elements which you can improve and then give yourself a bigger headroom for tolerating training stress
0: and so hearing you say that i think that's one place i went wrong is that i did almost expect when i was testing it on myself there would be days when i'd wake up and i'd have a low hrv and i'd think and i'd say no i still feel good and i'd still go on with a hard workout but it's not necessarily telling me that no you can't do a hard workout right what is that low um reading telling me
1: yeah, so that low reading is telling you that you're not fully recovered. That doesn't mean necessarily that you can't perform well or you can't do a demanding workout. So the way um, that in Athlete we um, we, we make the. The, uh, the HRV reading visible to the, to the user is by the use of color code. So if you are around your baseline, then you'll get a green, uh, which means, you know, do whatever training that you had planned for that day. Uh, you know, you're, you're in a good recovered shape. You're fresh and ready. If you get an amber, that means you are significantly below your normal baseline and you don't necessarily have to back off training, but you should understand why your recovery is somewhat impaired. It may mean that you do want to back off. It may mean that you want to compensate by um, eating especially well or or perhaps having a a 20-minute power nap in the afternoon in order to help boost your recovery. If you get a RED, on the other hand, in Ithlete we actually require both a decreased HRV and an increased resting heart rate uh, to signal a red but with reds we use them sparingly but we want them to be taken seriously so if you get a red that really does mean that you should back off any kind of intensive training on that day
0: that's really good to know i know that when i was experimenting with it that was one of my frustrations i I wasn't using athlete i was using another app um and it seemed like every other day, I was being told not to work out or something. Yeah, and eventually, yeah, yeah, you yeah. just like, well, if I listened to it, I would no, never work we, out.
1: Yeah, we, we we worked with top level athletes right from the beginning, and their coaches and um, and and sports science guys, you know, were very wary of the fact that we might be telling them not to train as hard as they should be training. So. You know, the, 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 the reds are used extremely sparingly, but they nearly always mean that there's the something out of kilter in the body, that there's a high level of stress being perceived by that athlete's body. That could be due to all kinds of factors. It could be due to an accumulated jet lag combined with a lot of training. It could be, you know, a particularly difficult, uh, emotional, stressful situation that they're going through. It could be, um, uh, for example, uh, when athletes go up to an altitude camp at the top of Lake Tahoe. Tarn- or something like that, a couple of thousand metres, and it'll take them two or three days to get through that red zone until they're ready to to train hard again. And during that time, it's a good idea to let their body, you know, do the work on acclimatising before they start training. So there are a number of reasons why you could get a red, but normally you will know why those are. It could be that there's a bad sickness coming on. So I've seen examples of... A couple of guys who normally score in their 80s and 90s on athlete, diving down below 40. And in one case, uh, the guy was in um, – uh, he didn't feel great, um, but he got a very low score on athlete, which warned him. By the end of the day, he was actually in the uh, emergency room with swine flu, and he was very sick for several months. So, Yeah,
0: yeah I, I, was, it's, I was actually going to go there and ask mm-hmm. you that, if it, if it could be predictive or yep. indicative of an upcoming illness, and it sounds like – very well. Yes, yeah,
1: so it's, it's HRV is very useful with sickness because often it does give um, some forewarning of at least a few hours of a of a bad sickness coming on. Sometimes two or three days, early warning. What it can also do is that most you know most endurance athletes. I mean, we we're, we're pretty motivated people. And um, we don't want to spend too long off training either. And uh, if somebody gets a, a a cough or a cold, an upper respiratory tract viral infection typically takes like two weeks to work its way through completely. But it's it's the first three or four days which are the worst. Those are the ones also which will be associated with the the poor HRV and perhaps the red and red and amber flags. And then after that, it could well be that the HRV starts improving significantly. At which point, the athlete can get back to uh, at least low intensity training whilst they still have the blocked up nose and, and and a bit of a sore throat but their their body is in better shape to be able to start you know withstand the start of restart of training again rather than waiting full two weeks
0: great so now we've talked about some of the things you shouldn't do mm-hmm. now let's talk about how hrv can help enhance a coach um, coaching their athletes and endurance training
1: yeah, well, there's some uh, there's some great research which has been published recently on actually using um, HRV to. Um dictate the intensity of training sessions in some uh, 25 club level cyclists. And they split them up into two groups, one of which were doing HRV guided training, one of which were doing a coach program. And the ones doing the HRV guided training actually made very significant improvements in their in their FTP, over 10% in their FTP and about 5% in their peak power. And the really interesting thing from a research point of view was that the result was what they would call homogeneous. So in other words, nearly all of the athletes on the HRV guided group were responders so they all had a you know they were all using HRV individually uh, to a, to a, an algorithm which was prescribed by the researchers uh, which if their HRV was normal they they would train basically an alternating kind of moderate and high intensity prescribed session when their HRV uh, dipped they would be then going on um, either low intensity or a rest day the outcomes were much more predictable with the HRV guided group than they were with the regular coached group. So, from a coach's point of view, using HRV with your athletes can produce more consistently better results over the whole group of your client base.
0: That sounds like any like a result any coach would want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of times, we're taking a shot in the dark and. We have all these different devices, but we're not exactly – a lot of them may be external things where this is something where you're actually going straight to the source um, yeah. with the athlete. And, and it might reflect other things going on as well, it sounds like, um, whether it's stress or oncoming illness. So building on that, where if, – if I'm a coach – I've heard about HRV, but I'm not really sure where to, how to get started with it. Mm-hmm. Where would you recommend that I might start either, um, mm-hmm. in reading or online courses, things like mm-hmm. that? Um, mm-hmm. anything you could suggest?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, there, there's several articles on the, on the training peak site. Um, the athlete site we'd like to think is now quite a valuable resource for anyone interested in HRV, particularly in sports. I think we've, uh, we, we've got over a hundred blog articles now on the science and application of HRV, so you know do go there and enter the keywords of what you're interested in. But the, the you know the most pragmatic way to get started is for the coach themselves to start using it on themselves and see what their what what uh, you know their experience is. They can do that with a, a chest strap that they've they've got already, um, a Wahoo ticker, uh, Polar. Uh, H6, H7, H9 or a sun-toe belt uh, either that or the you know there are there is a dedicated finger sensor for iThleet. just start using it uh, with the app on on themselves and see you know start to get some insights and then perhaps in your client group start to work with the people who have who are the most fragile who who kind of have the most problems with perhaps illness and injury particularly running up to their key events so i remember a tweet by Alan Cousins i think it was uh, towards the end of last year and that Um, almost 50 percent of the um, athletes who failed to achieve their a race goal for the season was due to illness or overuse injury in the build-up to the event and that is something that hrv can really help with so start with a fragile athlete or two and then deploy it more widely once you've got familiar with the data and the patterns
0: before i let you go anything else any other advice for coaches um, things i may not have mentioned around hrv um, that you think they should know
1: um, I think hrv is is uh, a very useful tool because it's a holistic stress measure. But that means that the the, the challenge is still on us as individuals whilst we (laughs) build AI in the background, if you like, to identify what the source of the stressor is. So do record as much as you can of uh, subjectives accurately and uh, recovery enablers such as sleep, um, diet and stress management so that you can identify for your clients which of those factors is really holding them back. And quite often there are some straightforward and simple improvements that can be made and having the data there opens up the discussion and makes uh, you know give some objectivity to it.
0: Fantastic. I appreciate it. Um, thank you for so much for your time and we'll let coaches know where they can find out more about iFleet and um, put those in the show notes.
1: Great, thanks very much Dave. pleasure talking to you as always. Thanks.
0: Dave Shell here again. I hope you enjoyed my talk with Simon. I certainly learned a lot. If you're not aware, you can actually pair the iFleet app with the Training Peaks account and you can start to look at things such as HRV, overall training load, and even daily metrics. So I definitely check that out. And if you're interested in learning more about HRV, you can check out Simon's course under our Training Peaks University tab on the homepage. Until next time.